everyone. Welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Brendan Marcello, sitting across from Michael Nislick on a late Sunday night uh, outside the Auburn Athletics Complex. Uh, Our home away from home. Yes. Uh, fresh off the road uh, from watching Auburn squander what would have been a good win uh, at LSU. Instead, Auburn blew a 20 nothing lead and lost 27-23. to Did not score in the second half. Just an absolute uh, travesty of a second half hey, uh, by the play callers. It's not the end of the world, Brandon. Come on. Gus Malzahn said it's not the end of the world. Said it three times, and he feels fine. Uh, Michael. <laughs> Do you think he even knows that's an REM song? No, he probably doesn't. Do you think he knows who REM is? No. That'd be an interesting question to ask. Like REM sleep? <laughs> like when REM. I go, when Who's I flip REM? my switch? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Michael, just uh, I, I know fans have probably said everything possible about this game, but uh, I haven't seen a collapse like that by Auburn uh, since I've been here in, in five seasons. I haven't been here forever, obviously, but uh, the only thing that comes close is the national championship game in January 2014. But at least then Auburn scored in the final two minutes. This game, Auburn couldn't do a darn thing offensively. Well, the reason these comebacks don't often happen is hard. Because you got run, you got the clock runs so much. You got you got a big advantage, and uh, you know it's hard to do to come back from twenty to nothing. And LSU did it, uh, chipping away a little bit in the first uh, half with that. That I mean, it was really that spark. Uh, Auburn had him on the ropes, and they allowed that seventy-yard play, and then everything kind of went downhill. Um, but offensively, look, I think Auburn has as much to do to look in the mirror as they do. You know, you can credit LSU and the adjustments they made. And I mean, look, that LSU offense wasn't overly impressive. Darius Geist didn't seem 100%. You know, it wasn't like they were uh, world beaters. Defense is pretty good, has some talent. But um, as much to do with what Auburn didn't do or couldn't do as what LSU was, uh, you know, capable of, I think. I mean, LSU is a mediocre offense, a mediocre team. A mediocre quarterback. Mediocre quarterback, mediocre coach. Uh, and True. And yet they had eight explosive plays, and four of them went 30 yards or more. Uh, you're not going to win games doing that. Darius Geis, or not, excuse me, uh, DJ Chark had five catches for 150 yards, all right? Had a 75-yard punt return for a touchdown. Every single one of his catches – as you would imagine, went for first downs considering how many yards he had. They were getting out of third downs. They scored on a fourth and goal. Um, Auburn seemingly couldn't come up big in the big moments. But they didn't even need to come up big. All they needed was, like, we talked they about one, one more drive. A couple first downs even might have done it. Um, it wasn't like they needed to rattle off a series of, oh, we need, to, we need one thing. All they needed was one drive to pan out, and they would have had it. I mean, look, they had the ball a couple of minutes to go and could have easily had a few, you know, dro- driven and gotten a field goal Had time on the clock, had timeouts. Um, they squandered, they squandered quite a few opportunities in this game. Yeah. I mean, you build a 20, nothing lead. I'm already sitting up there going, this is a blowout. Wow. Uh, Auburn's going to do this in style. They're going to break the cigar curse. Haven't won here since 1999. They're going to do it in style against a bad LSU team and they didn't do it. Um, and I know from a fan standpoint, we'll kind of move on from the game here and kind of talk about the fallout because you guys are probably sick of talking about the game at this point. But uh, after the game, Gus Malzahn says, not the end of the world three times. He was pretty emotionless. Well, not pretty. He was emotionless. 
Uh, emotionless. 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 You keep saying it sounds like you're saying motionless. Motionless. Like he, wasn't, he wasn't moving he enough w- for, for he you did at the not show. He did not emote yes. Um, yes. during the press conference. And man, did it peeve off the fans. Um, because what you're telling the fans, I think, indirectly or even directly, uh, maybe by accident, maybe not, is that football's not important. See, that doesn't, that's not as much to me. I think the fans have an issue with it because it's been a pattern with this team that he doesn't kind of win-lose these big games, and it's been losing these big games. He doesn't ever show any fire or frustration. And I know he's not one to throw players off the bus, but be like, he threw the punt. A, he threw the punt team off the off off the bus and then a, drove over them. Yeah, this is the only that's, special team is the only thing he's willing to do. That. But I mean, like to do be like, look, this isn't acceptable. This is we needed more fire. We needed more passion. Like that's a game we need to win. Yeah, I mean, you can say things like that without saying like individuals screwed up or put blame on specific coaches. Um, and you can, or you can put blame on yourself and just be like, look, I failed or I did this, I did this, and to just say like, well, you know, we live to fight another day. Um, I just think it shows maybe what's the problem with this team is maybe the common thread with these losses is there's no sense of urgency from the top, and that's why they've lost to Clemson twice and Georgia and you know Alabama I think is an exception just because generally Alabama is more talented um, recently, but these other teams that they're kind of had leads or been in close games with they fall short time and time again. Yes, uh, last five losses for Auburn I believe according to our Philip Marshall uh, for Auburn. They've scored like a grand total of 10 points, including a touchdown late in the final second against OU in the All-State Sugar Bowl. In the second half they've scored that. In the second half, excuse me. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. Second halves of these last five losses. That's unacceptable. And the it offense, shows you're being outcoached because other teams being are making adjustments yes. and you're not doing anything. And as it was, as it, or uh, you're making the wrong adjustments. I guess. Yeah, well, and as it involves a LSU game, um, you found out that they just made one adjustment on defense, and it was simple as bringing a safety or another player into the box and having them fill this one gap, and that stopped. That 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 like completely baffled Auburn. They did not make adjustments after that. Um, which is crazy, which leads to my next point here and information we learned Sunday night, which wasn't necessarily too surprising, but to hear someone say it was. Jarrett Stidham, Mr. Five-Star Quarterback, the future, the program, the face of Auburn, is not allowed to audible out of plays. How the heck do you expect – to win a lot of football games when you do not give the power to your leaders to do so. You know, it's interesting. I talked to Ben Laird last year when there was uh, kind of the struggles with the quarterbacks and some of the things, and he kind of pointed to that as that he thinks the reason they were so successful with Nick is because Nick could <laughs> was such a magical player, basically, yeah. that it didn't matter what you called. He could make it work with his leg because of that dual threat. And so – he spent all that time looking at the sideline, but it really didn't matter because whatever the defense threw at him, he was athletic enough to sort of do whatever and, and make it work. Whereas these other quarterbacks are spending so much time looking at the sidelines, they're not looking at the defense to evaluate it. They're not making judgment calls by themselves. Is that the coaching staff is taking so much away from what the quarterback can do that it kind of limits their development, limits them uh, what they're able to do on the field, and it's kind of he thought you know kind of hurts that team, hurts the quarterbacks too, uh, and it kind of speaks to that where. Uh, even with Stidham, with a guy you think, I think it's not surprising, but it's it's, it's it, in general just because of Gus's kind of 
the way he is. But um, it's surprising with Stidham just because you thought he was a guy that came in early. They were going to kind of put more responsibility on his shoulders just because, you know, he's a little more mature. And that's kind of how they presented him. Um, But it's not surprising when that's kind of what he's done with his recent quarterbacks. But you look at why some of them may have not worked out. And maybe that has played a part that they're just not looking at the field, essentially. Yeah, maybe so. Um, It's baffling me. There's a lot of things going on with this team that are, that's baffling to me. Um, one is it just seems like there's a, there's a disconnect between what's actually happening with this team and what the team believes is happening. Um, you've got Gus Malzahn saying, hey, it's not the end of the world. Everything's fine. Fans are going, what the hell? This is your fifth year. Why are you losing to LSU, a mediocre team that just lost to Troy? And I want to make a point here, opinion, hot take time. Gus Malzahn does not want to acknowledge that Troy defeated LSU on the road two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Every team's different. Every week's different. Fine. There's your argument. So why are you taking Troy's game plan and utilizing it against LSU if every week's different? They were doing the same exact damn thing Troy was doing offensively against LSU. Troy gave the ball to their running back 30 times. Auburn gave the ball to Carryon Johnson 31 times. Troy ran between the tackles most of the time. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of outside runs. Auburn ran the ball a lot in the middle of the defense trying to wear them down over and over again, yeah. even when LSU was getting back in the game. So don't tell me that you don't pay attention to what an in-state t- team did because you pretty much took Troy's offensive game plan and utilized it after you scored a couple of touchdowns. That's my take. Is that a hot take or is it I kind don't know. of a middle take, I think? But it's just so silly to act like that didn't happen. Because in this state, I've been here five years only. I've been in the SEC my entire life. Football matters a hell of a lot to people here. It matters a lot more to people here than it even does in Arkansas, where I grew up and Gus Malzahn grew up. And it's in the SEC, well, I think it's but it's more... a lot different, and it's hotly charged because you've got Alabama in the state. Well, I think you I think you hit it on the head when you said, you know, look, this team is sort of taking the identity of their head coach, and I don't think he reads his teams very well. Certain teams need the we're not, everything's not on fire, we're fine, we'll move yeah. forward. Other teams need a different approach. And when your coach is sort of like it's not the end of the world and this team is a veteran team, this is kind of the end of the world. This is the end of the line for a lot of these players, this core group. Um, you're not going to get in, in college football. You don't get really another bite at the apple. And especially with him uh, being on a, in a seat where, you know, sure, he wasn't on the hot seat for five weeks, but they it went – from zero to uh, 100 degrees very quickly, um, I think you have to sort of push that. And I don't think he did, and I don't think he has. And he's not going to do it, obviously. Seven weeks in the season, I don't think he's going to change. No. But at the same time, that's kind of how they've acted and what we see on social media and what we saw from Jarrett tonight. And um, I think that's frustrating for fans who sit, think, well, Alabama, is a, there's an urgency. Every time you lose a game, it's essentially you failed completely, and you don't sort of get that from this team. And when you're losing close games to teams you should beat, um, that can that's I think it's and I think it's not an you can't look at this as sort of in a vacuum like this loss alone. Sure, no. wouldn't be the end of the world, but I mean you have to look back at what this team's done the last two years, and it's also you have to understand from the standpoint of 
you know, you can't lose four games again or five games and expect to survive as a head and coach. Like, and you can't lose to your rival four years in a row or, uh, or both of your rivals. And, and so and what this does when you lose at LSU, it gives the belief to a lot of people of well, how the heck are they going to beat Georgia and Alabama even if it is at home. And look, if you're not going to get up for a, a place you haven't won since 1999 – and show some change your strategy or do something. Well, what's gonna make, what's gonna move that needle? And that was something we talked about, um, just ourselves, kind of like, what would you do? What would you do? You know, you said bring players or bring Tommy Tuberville or bring cigars or just anything to sort of mix it up. And it's you look at it and it's kind of the only thing that could beat them. It wasn't the curse. It was just sort of that insecurity or sort of losing that confidence. And that's ended up what they've been doing. That's what they did. And so it's like sort of like, well, maybe you should have changed it up because man. That team, you were better than that team. I think everybody saw it. Yeah. Um, there was Easily. no there's no hiding it. Uh, LSU uh, outcoached them in the second half, outplayed them in the second half, but I think Auburn's still a better team. Uh, and he just they lost their confidence and went into a shell. And the, we watched that sideline, and you can't tell me that that's not what happened. You know, it's like, and, and, man. And now you've bad. got players echoing their coach of you know saying that oh, it's not the end of the world everything's smile, fine everybody everybody's today, smiling smile i mean that's it's been like, the message from a couple of few players that they're everybody's smiling i'd be sick to my stomach if i lost i would like too that. i mean losing sucks in anything i mean in your place of work if you screw up on a project or someone beats you at something or Someone gets a promotion before you get it. It pisses you off. I mean, and Auburn, Auburn players and football man, players face that for, every week. For three days after I dominated Connect Four one night. I mean, it's 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 uh, Connect Four. It, yeah, it man, was that's really a brain bad. Teaser. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> it was really bad. Doctor Mario, she won't even play with me because she can't win. So it's like, she'll well, totally, I wouldn't play totally, that either. Totally. That game sucks. Well, you're you're a simpleton, but um, uh, but no, I mean, I and look, I'm not saying cry on the field or yeah. you know throw a punch, but to be today to be like, look, we let the fans down or something, you know, acknowledge the fact that look, that game, that was a game you should have won. Like we need to kind of, that was not pretty. That was not good. Today is there's no smiling today. Yeah. At least wait 24 hours to be smiling. Yeah, no, no smiling. Don't be smiling. But uh, yeah, just a just a horrible loss. On a lot of levels, the disconnect. Baffling in some respects. The Cameron Petway thing still just. Yeah. Why are you playing Cameron Petway still? The the way that we're doing the receivers sort of just Uh, strange what they're doing with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, ESPN Radio and then CBS, like national guys get to talk to Gus Malzahn pretty much whenever they want. Well, CBS gets pregame interviews with them. And ESPN talked and two ESPN people talked to him right before the game and they're like, Karen Petway's going to play. Yeah, we talked and, about it. And you're like, he, that's, that's games. One of the ESPN yeah. guys came up to me and said, Karen Petway, he told me he's playing. I go, come on now. And you There's told no me, way. you're like, he's not playing. It's games. There's no way. It's got to be games. It sounds like he's going to play. But he played. Auburn had a plan to give him 10 carries. He had four. But it's obvious he is not. Well, up that's to the speed. question Tuesday. So if he's healthy, what's wrong with him? Maybe he doesn't fit the system. But I mean, that should be the answer, then, right? Like, but I mean, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think I, I'll say that. No, but I mean, I Gus doesn't like hurting players' feelings. But I don't think he's healthy. I don't. I mean, maybe that isn't also an answer. But do you think he's one hundred percent? I think it's a combination. No, he's not, and I know he's not. Like, I, like I've reported, they they considered surgery earlier. Gus this says season. he's one hundred percent because they weren't going to play him until oh. he's healthy, and they played him this week, so he's healthy. Okay, that's insane. It is. Albert Einstein would be very proud. Um. But then the receivers too. I, I don't receivers couldn't that. get open. Kyle Davis is missing about in just action. Like you got all these five these guys that are highly recruited, and they just haven't shown up. I mean, Nate Will Craig Hastings Myers still. I mean, look, I knocked Will Hastings as much as anybody, and 
he's proved me wrong a little bit. I mean, he's been made a fantastic play every game. I still think defenses can scheme him out of it, but um, he's done things that are pretty good. Um, but uh, where's everybody else? Well, maybe it was the end of the world, and they all disappeared. Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, like, honestly, what, Marquise McClain can't get a, get a rep or two to try? No, not allowed. No, it's not. Recording a podcast. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, it's about linens. <laughs> it's about Auburn football and basketball and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, you, you too. So anyway, we just had a guest on the podcast. <laughs> um, as we said, we're sitting outside the athletics complex. Um, we cannot confirm if that was a football player or not. It wasn't. So anyway, <laughs> um, uh, what were we talking about? But yeah, the receivers have completely yeah, disappeared. Mike, Mike, uh, like, yeah, where's Nate Craig Myers? Your boy uh, is disappointing I, I, weekly. He's my guy, and I um, thought he was going to uh, uh, come out this season and have a big year, but not. That's not happening. Kyle Davis has missed two games this year for unspecified reasons. One was a suspension. This other one, Gus Sounds Malzahn like doesn't even want, doesn't even want to talk mean, about it. Uh, you won't. You wouldn't. He wouldn't have an injury where it's between me and him. <laughs> well, a, unless Gus gave him the injury, you know. Punched him, punched him in the yeah, face. Let's, yeah, no, let's I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. No, but I but mean. But it's weird. It's a distraction. It's remember, a distraction. It, yes, there we go. Remember, he wanted to eliminate distractions. It kicks Sean White out to eliminate distractions. Yep. How many more chances does he get is the question. I don't know. Uh, but that's a big deal. I mean, he was kind of one of those guys you looked at as kind of could be a special player. Well, um, it sounds like he's got two strikes. Right now, at least if he's not injured, and he missed spring practice too. And he missed well three strikes then necessary. Well, maybe they're playing like Australian rules baseball. That's right. This is Australia. Again. No, there's not. I just made it up. Right. I was wanting people to Google it. Cricket. Do you get you're supposed to continue. You're supposed to continue with the joke, so it makes people think that's true, and then they get Google, Google it. Cricket? I don't know what they do in cricket. I don't know what they do in cricket. They have flat bats. Um. Um. Uh, and now Auburn goes to Arkansas. Gus Malzahn's neck of the woods. Arkansas Are you guys is... going to do dinner the night before the game? Your old stall oh, the ground? Oh, Gus and I? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah we're Because, you know, you do whatever you do. You guys have known each other for a long time. Yeah, we just ch- chill out. Uh, no dinner? No, no dinner. Gus will be uh, doing whatever the heck he does. Plugging in, plugging into the wall, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, um, So he's going back to his old neck of the woods. Um, not having dinner with Brandon. And not having dinner with me. He's coaching against a team he used to be a walk-on for. Uh, and that team, Arkansas, is dreadful. It, they're not as bad as Mizzou, but they're pretty bad. Their quarterback, Austin Allen, has been hurt, and they've been starting this other guy. I don't even know his name. Uh, apparently he's really big. Um, tall guy. They got beat by Alabama 41-9 to because Alabama is just a machine that just grates people to death. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, so Auburn should go in there and win. They should win probably with mostly their backups, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. uh, based off what I've seen from this Arkansas team. But they'll give carry on 64 carries. 64 carries. Cameron Petway will get 12 carries for six yards. Um, um, but Auburn should win this game easily. But there's no room for error anymore for Gus. If he goes to Arkansas and loses, do they let him on the plane? I don't know. I don't know. You got a bye week. I think they do. I think there's got to be a coaching. Uh, there's got to be some. 
There'll be change. There'll be a change of some sort. Not there's a bye week. But there's a bye week. And you say, well, this wasn't working. Uh, we left uh, Cody Burns in Arkansas. I don't know if that happens. I don't know I don't know if you can make changes with the assistants right now, to be honest. Why? Because that's not the problem. And that's but not he's got to make... find a scapegoat. If they were to lose? I think his scapegoats are out. He's got to make one. I think his last scapegoat was giving Chip Lindsey full control of the offense in week two. Uh, after week two, excuse me. In week well, three. why can't you say I'm taking it back? Then? That could be your scapegoat. Well, he can, sure, he could do that, I guess. Publicly. But, uh, you got to be ready for him to walk. I would here's think. the thing. There's a lot of reasons, several reasons, not a lot, that I don't think they fire Gus Malz on the middle of the season no matter I'm not what saying happens. Gus, I'm saying either he fires a system, but, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if they're who the Who the heck does he fire, and who takes over? Who cares? Gus takes over? Jonathan Wallace? Anyway, so uh, the reason why I say Gus Malz don't want to be fired during the middle of the season is because, one, I don't think Jay Jacobs would be pulling the strings. Two, I don't know – Who's pulling the strings right now? Right. Three, who makes that decision? Three, I don't think anybody here at Auburn knows who is going to make what decision when and if they will make a decision. Yeah. This place is in a little bit of disarray. Everybody's kind of under the assumption they're running things, but are they really running things? I think things? they're waiting to get out of the football season to figure out it's, what to figure Yes, through. with the, the board of trustees and the president, Stephen Leith, trying to figure out what to do with Jay Jacobs, when to do it with Jay Jacobs. Look, if you fire Jay now, I think that only hurts your, fo- your efforts with the football team because then everything's going to be, am I, is my job okay? And everybody, You're just going to get constant questions on that side. I don't think they want anything to do with that. Fire Gus, well, who's going who's gonna to put the interim in charge? Who's going to make all those decisions? Who's going to uh, – I just don't think that there's enough continuity between these two buildings uh, to sort of have a major change, which is why I think they, Gus will do something small. If they were to lose we'll see. Um, but um, but if this offense struggles, do you think he would do like take the play calling back and say it's he's possible? Do it? Sure, um, but outside of the building, power brokers and everybody are tired of all this, and uh, they're already trying to. Uh, the shadowy figures are moving around in the background, it's like just in case, things. just just in case. And the they're the trying to send down. Gus to the upside down world. Yeah. Just in case he loses a game or two here down the stretch to prepare. And uh, I don't look, know. I don't think Gus Malzahn's aware of that. Well, look, if Butch, Butch Jones and Brett Bielema can survive all this, but for now it's going to be hard to justify firing him midseason. Sure. But there, yeah, but there, there might be a lot of changes uh, in the SEC head coach wise in the future. But anyway, but Auburn, is everybody everywhere a dumpster fire right now? Basically, is it that's just the a, problem. Like, if you technically like compare Auburn's situation to even Florida, like they're Auburn's not, better. Like it is a better situation. Like but here's the difference: uh, Auburn's not, uh, Florida's not sandwiched between Alabama and Georgia. That's true. And uh, playing them every year at the end of the season, and, and that's what it all comes down to. And the record against. Georgia and Alabama and recent history has not been good for Gus. And that right. At least up. Florida's beaten Georgia. Yeah. And Florida made it to the SEC championship game too. Right. Uh, so there you go. Um, even if the East is uh, atrocious. Um, so uh, be interesting these next few weeks. I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm not going to knock on wood. Cause I, I mean, it's not going to change anything. Auburn, I mean, this could be a quiet week. Yeah. Uh, FBI investigation, softball investigations, an academic probe, which is not actually probe. a probe, uh, and uh, a football season hanging in the on balance. the brink. Um, we should get a graphic made. 
It's not the end of the world, but it certainly feels like the beginning of the end, doesn't it? <laughs> For some people. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, it kind of feels like it. But they could change the – they can write the ship. It does. Well, I mean, look, look. When you look at what they've done so far this year, do you, do you have a lot of confidence they're going to be Georgia and Alabama? And, no. I mean, that's the problem. Because now my concern for Auburn is Texas what's going on with the defense. Texas A&M. And Texas A&M. That game, I said it before, I mean, last week, that Texas A&M was the toughest road game remaining, not LSU. Well, LSU and, L- very, and Texas yeah. A&M's defense is playing a lot better these last few weeks. And they got some big wins. You know, Florida, that was a big win. Yeah, on the road. Yeah. Kicked a field goal in the final minute to win it. Um, Played Alabama tough, even though they lost. Right. Played Alabama close as anybody has in a month all, and a half. All year, besides <laughs> Florida State. Um, so, we'll see. Um, interesting times ahead. Nothing really new on the basketball front, is that they, correct? They practiced today. Uh, everybody was there. Um, tomorrow, maybe we'll get some interesting things because we'll have to ask about SEC media days, what they're going to do about the players. Um, are they going to send two people? Are they going to not? Um they practice Monday and Tuesday off Wednesday for SEC Media Days. We will head down there, um, talk to whoever Bruce brings, if it's just him, and then some of the other coaches get their thoughts on things because uh, it's interesting, interesting landscape right now with the SEC with this sort of uh, hanging over everything. Yes, and that'll be a hot topic uh, at SEC Media Days, as you said. It'll be interesting, but – the slow play continues. I'd be, I'd be hard if they don't have a decision made to bring players and put them in that situation. Well, yeah, I just don't see how you bring the play, bring any players there. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. hard to put the, your yeah, two, two guys because they're yeah. going to have to deal with yeah. mostly just an hour of questions about that. Okay, well, let's go to listener questions here as we wrap up the podcast. Um, first, we go to Tango Elegante. Will this ever stop hurting? No. No. Um, if you have an ointment, I suggest you try an ointment. Uh, Chris asks, any chance Jared Stidham will be allowed to audible? I think I already know the answer. Uh, probably not. Uh, well, no, Gus will say he is allowed. Right. That's what but he's say not. He mi- um, we misunderstood the answer. We misunderstood the answer. It's our fault. It's media's yeah. fault. Rat poison. But uh, perhaps when they get to the bye week, maybe they finally decide to change that. But I mean, there's seven week, seven games of the season, and they're not allowing them to audible. Very strange. Um, why? Why are you doing that? Uh, Ronald Thompson asks, does coach Mike Norvell look good down the road? That's the Memphis coach. Um, it could be an interesting hire if things were, if a job were to come open at Auburn. Offensive-minded, but kind of comes from the Gus Malzahn tree. Know, yeah, be... Do you want those connections again? Uh, ben asks, any chatter on Jay Jacobs? Not a lot right now. He was at the LSU game. Saw him posing for pictures with Auburn fans. Uh, he uh, is smiling in the face of adversity, like this Auburn football team. Not at the basketball t- uh, practice I saw, man. Ooh, he, looked, he, looked, he, he didn't look too good there. Like, yeah, Jackson Hart asks, what do you think changed Gus Malzahn? What was the moment? Was it the Florida State game? I just think 2004 it, Texas A&M lost Jacksonville State. Any others? Everybody kind of caught up to him, and then he didn't do anything yes. to change. Um, I remember there being a story written, I think it was after the 2014 season, about ha- have defenses figured out Auburn. And I kind of scoffed at it. And uh, I think that article was right, right on. From there, yeah. 
I think it was right on. I think the SEC is caught up. I think college football is caught up to it. As I've said on this show before, after the Clemson game, coaches know what's coming based on formations and everything. With and them. personnel, too, has personnel. been a real key, a key for uh, um, so, giveaway. Yeah. Greg asked, why don't we have a short to intermediate passing game? We would be undefeated if we did. I don't understand that. Either. I don't either. We don't have answers. Um, if we can give truth serum to Gus Malz, I'll maybe figure it out. Um, that is sort of baffling that they they just we're gonna chuck it long, we're gonna run a short screen, or the nothing on this way. It's very strange. Who would be your top three candidates to replace? I don't want to say the nickname they had for Gus Malzahn, but Gus Malzahn. I don't know. I don't either. It's real. Way too early, guys. Because all I, the dominoes are going to fall elsewhere, yeah. too. A lot of those haven't. And so it's like, man, is there a lot of things that are going to happen between now and the end of the season. I mean, you look at these SEC teams, just the SEC alone, what's going to happen? I mean, you've got six coaches on the hot seat, essentially, that could be replaced. I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, Tennessee, just, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Ole Miss already has an interim coach here. And then uh, I, so five. I'll just throw out a few names. Um, Bobby Petrino. Ugh. Probably won't have uh, Jeff Brom, who comes from the Bobby Petrino tree mm-hmm. and doesn't have the baggage. Um, yeah. <laughs> Clay Helton. Yeah. USC coach. He's got ties to Auburn, of course. So there's three names for you. Uh, I what, think if the defense does does its job, I think Kevin will get an interview. Can Kevin get an interview? Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. All hypothetical, of course, everybody. William asked, when was the last time Auburn beat someone and everyone was surprised? Was it, the, was it 2013? Yeah. It's the last time Auburn beat someone, you're like, whoa. I don't know. That LSU game was pretty surprising last year. Did they beat LSU? I wasn't surprised they beat LSU. It's kind of surprising. I wouldn't know. Without a touchdown? I think he's speaking more of just in general, like an upset I, type Before game. even the game. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, there hasn't been since 2013. That's a good point. Um, man, a lot of people pissed off. <laughs> Jeez. Here's a comment from someone. Danny, how resilient is the Auburn fan base? I married into the Auburn family, and this loss hurts more than any that I remember. Now I'm just numb to the rest of the season. I think a lot of fans are like that. They, like, don't care about the rest of the season. Um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I'm going through all these. I mean, I'm just getting all kinds of, of stuff. A lot of. Ooh, I'm not answering that. <laughs> okay, that's it for questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not answering that. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I got to go look at what it was. It, was no. it profane? No, it's just. it's. Was it mean? It's mean and uh, incorrect. Uh, so anything else you want to talk about in the world? Do you enjoy New Orleans? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you aren't in New Orleans, huh? Great. You keep looking at that phone. I was going to see what this question was. I'm, I'm curious. <sighs> you're not. No, you're not happening. And you're not reading it on the air because you read it on the air. I have to bleep it. Oh, I'm not going to. I, won't, so I anyway, was just going to look at what it was because you, you made, made you blush. So anything be. in pop culture. Uh, you on? liked that new Mutants trailer. No, I didn't. Don't like that. Doesn't look good. Stranger Things trailer was good. Stranger Things. Oh, I started watching. I could talk about that. I started watching Mindhunter, 
on uh, Netflix, the new David Fincher series about uh, criminal profiling that started in the FBI in the 1970s. Really good. Two and a half episodes in. Not a fun show (laughs) or for the faint of hearts, but um, certainly I'm enjoying it. Good for you. I'm pretty much just waiting around for Stranger Things to come out. That's in two weeks, I think. And then uh, I want to see The Foreigner with Jackie Chan, but you've already seen that. In New Orleans. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. And then it's uh, Thor. Thor. Thor looks good. Thor coming out. That looks good. And apparently it's getting great reviews. I haven't seen a review for it. Well, no, no official reviews, but oh, okay. uh, uh, entertainment writers tweeting about it, saying it's great. Um, uh, the embargo hasn't been uh lifted yet on that uh and justice league and uh that's about it going to any haunted houses this month no my wife does not like haunted really houses. Yeah, no, that's not something we partake in we go to pope's haunted farm they're not a sponsor uh <laughs> <laughs> we go to pope's haunted farm every year do they have like uh, outside apple bobbing no it's a farm like a corn maze yes but they it's have, a haunted corn maze? Yeah, I think they do that. They used to, or maybe they don't do it anymore. There's a haunted forest that you get on a hayride with, and people jump out and jump on the trailer with chainsaws and all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, they have zombie paintball, which is great, where you just get on the back of a trailer, and zombies pop up out of these things, they, and you get to shoot them in the face, and the poor actors have to take it over and over and over and over again. That might be fun. Um, and then there's... Uh, haunted house which is actually pretty cool it's a, in a barn and it doesn't look like a barn on the inside and you're like going up on multiple levels you're crossing like old rickety wooden uh, steps and stuff it's pretty cool that sounds scary um, and my wife of course would stand behind me and every time she would see someone that's about to pop out she'd just go I see you I see you so they would know like the, the illusion's been yeah. uh, uh, nixed but it, it's fun. Interesting. So you're going next week? Uh, yeah, the bye week, I'm bye guessing. Week. Uh, Halloween Eve, so to speak. Yeah. Like on the 28th. Well, so you're from, spoiler, Arkansas. Did you say spoiler, yeah, Arkansas? Spoiler. Like it's a spoiler? No, you're a spoiler alert. I've been revealing. <laughs> you're from Arkansas. So where do people need to go? That are traveling to Arkansas. You have these this Arkansinian knowledge. Arkansinian? I don't know. Um, you know the that you know they call them Arkansans. Do they really? But it's supposed to be Arkansoyers. Arkansoyers. I don't even know. These are all strange. I words. actually did a story on this. Was it an award-winning story? Actually, yeah, I won first place. <laughs> uh, and no, uh, you want to you want to hear a funny story about that? Mom this week? No, probably not. But you want to hear a quick story about that? All right, listen. Of course. Wrote that story when I worked for the Nashville News in Nashville, Arkansas. Small okay. town, right? Okay. Won an award for it. Sure. Got a plaque and everything. Did you win an award for it? Yes, I did. Okay. Got a plaque, I guess, but I had already left the paper yeah. and was back in Northwest Arkansas working, covering government. And they kept the plaque and put it up on the wall or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, years later, here at Auburn, I find out um, that... Auburn offensive line coach J.B. Grimes, who's no longer here, he's at UConn, uh, married into the family that owns that paper, the Nashville News. Hmm. And they have a retirement home on the lake there in Nashville. Crazy. So they go there and visit all the time. So anyway, it was crazy. And I found that out by uh, sitting down with him on Assistant Media Day, talking to him. Yeah. Wrote a great story on him, never submitted for any contest. I should have won stuff. Um, but... I had no idea about that. 
And then uh, just one day, maybe last summer, I get a text message from J.B. Grimes. It's a picture. It's a picture of my plaque on the wall at the newspaper office. And he goes, do you want this? I was like, yes. And he goes, I'm taking it off the wall now, and I'll get it to you. Well, that hasn't happened yet. He's I hope it's more hanging year. in his But office. every time, every, yeah, every time he, he talk, reaches out to me or we talk every now and again to see how things are going uh, in each other's lives, he goes, I'm going to get you that plaque. I promise. I'll give you the plaque. It's in Nashville still at our home, retirement home. No, he's, got it on, he's hanging in an office. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. But anyway, if you're going to Fayetteville this so week. Arkansonian and Indian Indians. <laughs> what are, what are the, where do you recommend they eat? Uh, go to Pesto Cafe. Pesto Cafe. But don't go Friday night because we're probably going to go and there's not enough seating. <laughs> <laughs> it is Pesto a uh, it's a restaurant that is literally like attached to a motel. It looks sketchy as heck, but it is the best Italian food I've probably ever had. What about for like a quick bite to lunch? Uh, go downtown in, on the Dixon Street area. Go to Hammond Trees. Hammond Trees. It's a it's a place that specializes in grilled cheese sandwiches okay. that different flavors and soups pretty yeah. good um or you can go to uh what's it called hugo's downtown it's actually down below the street like in a basement really mm-hmm. cool good burgers good atmosphere uh um, any touristy spot to avoid touristy parts like like you like because you go when you're when you're visiting a place you yelp you know you look i'd at say dixon street or, because the traffic can be really bad on game but days. any restaurants that's supposed to be popular or good that's like yeah overrated, um that you don't you look I've never at the, been, actually. you look at the lists and you think that herman's. you've been there herman's like everybody like athletics department wise when they go visit they always go like to herman's i think it's called herman's it's like a steak and rib place yeah it's like it looks like it's in a shack okay and uh i've never been it's kind of Hoity-toity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's expensive. But uh, I've never been, but I heard it's great. But that place is packed all the time. Um, so, don't, I mean, if you want to go there, go there. But Pesto Cafe is amazing. Giraldi's is amazing. Um, and I, I, I've been told there's a – I mean, listen, I don't live there anymore, obviously. I haven't lived there in seven years now. Seven, eight years, so there's a lot of new stuff there. But go hang out on Dixon Street. Check out the bars. It's pretty cool. And I'm guessing they have Uber now, so you can go around safely. And they have a Waffle House right there across from the bar, so you can go, you know, soak up the uh, booze. So there's some travel tips for Yeah, fans. there you go. Uh, a lot of uh, breweries up there now, too. They have a brewery trail or whatever you call that. Well, we've got a night game Saturday, so we can hit all those right before, right? Like at four in the afternoon, show up to the game. Oh, you got no, it. Friday night. Covered. Friday night. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I, uh, I do not recommend that. But anyway, thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. I first mentioned of them at the end of the podcast. WeHaveDonuts.com, D O U G H, nuts.com, gourmet donuts based in Birmingham. They deliver to coffee shops throughout Birmingham and also. At Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Montgomery and Auburn. Check them out. Uh, I am Brennan Marcello. He is Michael Nislick. It'll be an interesting week. Auburn reeling from a meltdown in the bayou. But still smiling. But the players are still smiling. But still smiling. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. <laughs>